Why Watch That is a podcast featuring the critic and referee who go head-to-head on a quest to discover the best movies and TV shows Hollywood has to offer. Expect the unexpected from the critic. Well, nothing gets past the ref. We do all the work. So you don't have to. Welcome Welcome to to Why Watch Watch That. So why watch that movie talk? We have a movie talk for you. Two things. One, a sneak peek. Ooh. Oh, I had to lean and, in. Wait a minute. I know. <laughs> sneak peek and a first look. Two completely different projects. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think you can get any more opposite just about. Um, but definitely uh, things that we think you should at least consider. First, we're going to start with the new movie, Loose, mm, which comes out this Friday. Mm. Mm. And um, we both got a chance to see it at Sundance. Mm. <laughs> and, uh, oh, well, we go get into that in just a second. It's directed by Julius Ona. And J.C. Lee did the actual play. This was a Broadway play. But he also came back to do the screenplay along with Julius as well. So, you know, that in a sense is always promising when the playwright comes and does the screenplay. It has a a cast that you certainly, you you will know. Namely, (laughs) Octavia Spencer playing this this poor teacher. <laughs> Don't mess with Octavia. Not at the end of the day, though. Uh, <laughs> Naomi Watts is in it. Tim Roth. Now, Naomi and Tim are joined back together as husband and wife um, after, uh, what was that movie they did back with the... the I, I'll get, it'll come to me in just a second. But the real interesting cast member here is, and I will never, I don't care how wonderful and nice this man is. If I see him in an alley somewhere, I am walking to the other. Matter of fact, I'm pulling out my mace, macing him anyway, just for good measure. Kelvin Harris Jr., who did a brilliant job of making me never, ever want to be in a room alone with him, um, along with Norbert Leo Butts and others. Mm. Now you're going to talk about this plot and it's going to be interesting to hear you talk about it. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, Wow. Now, just so you know, everybody, loose is L-U-C-E. Okay. Right. Yeah. It's not like loose morals or something. It's L-U-C-E. Now. (laughs) Although one of the characters. Yes. Some loose morals. (laughs) There's a lot of looseness. (laughs) Uh, Now loose played by Kelvin Harrison Jr. I'll give you my opinion on him later. Mm. Was adopted at the age of seven from Eritrea, or Eritrea, either pronunciation is fine, by a nice privileged white American couple played by two Brits, by the way. They'll be watching Tim Roth. Right. And of course, Luz had plenty to overcome, which he did. Now, at the start of this film, Luce is a star student at North Virginia High School. He's smart. Very. Articulate. (laughs) Very. Popular. Yes. And an athlete. 
Dang. And cute. And and very handsome. There you go. The ladies like him. And he's supported by the school staff. Most notably by the school's principal, played by Norbert Leo Butts. <laughs> yes, my fave. And the world history teacher, Mrs. Harriet Wilson, played by Octavia Spencer. Huh. She Hello. She got something to say. However, things are about to change. Because Miss Wilson is disturbed by a paper that Luce has written, along with some illegal firecrackers that she found in his locker. Uh-oh. And as a result, Harriet reaches out to Luce's mother, who can't believe that anything's amiss. But Harriet warns her that if someone else finds out anything like this about Luce, then his future will be in jeopardy. He's a black teenager after all. Right. He's on the Obama track. Let's just put it that way. Oh, all the way. Now, Luce's mom tells his dad all about this, and dad thinks that something might be up. Mm. So they confront Luce, dad willingly, mom, reluctantly. And Luce says that Ms. Wilson essentially is out to get him and other students like him, including one character in particular whom I won't give away. Don't. Now, who's to be believed? Luce or Harriet? Also, what else is going on with both characters? Harriet mm-hmm. has a sister who's severely troubled. So could that be the cause of her behavior in regard to Luce? And Luce has his own agenda on behalf of certain people that this film reveals over the course of its runtime. He also has an agenda on behalf of himself. Mm. And so as things escalate, and as Harriet seemingly discovers more of who Luce really is, it becomes clear that either Harriet or Luce or both won't survive their series of confrontations. But is Luce really a budding sociopath? Mm. Or is he the victim of being the exceptional young black man for whom the standards are unjustifiably high? Oh, now look. <laughs> At the beginning of Luce, which is based, like you said, on the play by J.C. Lee, the dialogue sounded a bit too academic. Yes. I mean, I was like, okay, this seems like an accomplished film school project. But then, wait a minute, some of the conflicts started to creep in and I thought, okay, that's getting better. And as the conflicts and suspense escalated, this film continued to improve. In addition, Luce adds a twist to the suspense thriller genre by focusing on Luce himself. It asks, what happens? if a successful black teenager does some questionable things. What do you do if you're his white parents or principal? What if you're his black teacher? How does everyone navigate those waters? And how can the successful black teen exploit that? Just how does a budding black sociopath operate? Now, the cast does a really good job when the script calls for it. That's how I'll say it. And the final scene between Octavia and Kelvin lands the film, which is vital. By the way, (laughs) think about what the ref said earlier. And think about this. Kelvin, the actor, he has a bright future ahead of him. I'm sure. I don't want to be any part of it. I'm sure he's a nice person. (laughs) In addition, the scenes between Octavia and Marsha Stephanie Blake. (laughs) 
<laughs> plays her sister. You will not forget it. Oh. Are they not something to behold? <laughs> Wait, what are we talking about here? I mean, we gotta go to biblical language. <laughs> this is something to behold, especially a pivotal one in the middle of the film. And so overall, and then the ref will tell us what she's thinking. Is this a flawless film? It certainly is not. Not everything clicks, especially early on, but even still, Loose as directed and co-written by Julius Ona, successfully twists the suspense genre into knots and it might boil your blood. I know for sure it boiled mine. Ah, well, here's what I have to say. I want to add one plot detail that's important. Mm-hmm. And that is the, if you don't know the history of that country, know that Luce came out of a war zone. Mm-hmm. So I think another underlying question is, is sociopathic behavior created? Mm. Or is it inherent? And they dive into that as well. Um, which only goes to this. There's a lot of layers <laughs> to, <laughs> to this movie. It really is. To the, I'm sure the play, I can, I can just see the play after watching this movie. I can totally see it. A lot of layers. So the question really to me becomes, where do I see this? Mm-hmm. You should see it. I think you should. But where do you really want to see it? Now, it is hot. It is July as of taping. It's the summer. There's a lot of summer things happening. Do you want to be cooled off, but then kind of peeling back a number of layers? Or would you rather do that in the comfort of your own home? <laughs> and I'm going to have to go more with the comfort of your own home. Um, just because this movie does unpack a lot of things it will also stir up a lot of conversation mm-hmm. yeah. afterward in dealing with some of the uh very things that the critic brought up of, of being a black male in america or being a black person in america and if you are somewhat successful then therefore you are automatically put into a category where you have to be flawless like what does that mean um I think it's a very interesting conversation. So my suggestion is you can watch it from the comfort of your own home, but invite some people over, maybe have a dinner or something. And after it goes off, have a discussion about it. Cause <laughs> Calvin gives you something to discuss. Oh my goodness. Please. And uh, Luce will be out in theaters if you want to go on August 2nd. And now we're going to move to a movie that's out everywhere right now. Everywhere. <laughs> oh, the biggest opening of a Tarantino film thus far. He's the hints rep that he wants to retire. Stop it, Quentin. No, I think it's a hoax. They're even marketing it as the ninth Quentin Tarantino film because we he's been publicly saying I'm going to retire after ten. Yeah. So they're like, ooh, you better go to the theater to see this because it's never going to happen again. Bull Dookie. Okay, and I said that word. <laughs> So, so this is Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Yes. Yes, it is directed and written by Quentin, of course. It stars, I mean... Jeez. Uh, you melt, right? Everything melts. Leo Look DiCaprio. at the castle, but go into it. Leo DiCaprio, Brad Pitt, Margot Robbie, Emile Hirsch, Margaret Qualley's here, Timothy, Timothy Oliphant, I mean, Dakota Fanning, Bruce Stern, my, Luke Perry. Al Pacino, Kirk Russell... Damian Lewis. Wow. And Kurt Russell's the narrator. I love that. Uh, 
it is again open everywhere. It is uh, clocking in at two hours and forty minutes. Forty-one. Yeah, I, you know, I'm trying to round, but <laughs> you can hear that from the ref. So the question is, is that worth it? Is that, I mean, do you want to sit in a theater that long? It is Quentin Tarantino, so maybe it will be, but it, that'll be up to the ref to tell us. Well, okay. Now, the thing about it is, with this particular Tarantino film, and most Tarantino films, you really have to dance around the plot because usually at the end, the last what, 20 minutes of every single Quentin Tarantino movie, something happens. Like, at this point, where you're going to see it coming because it's Quentin Tarantino. There's always going to be violence. But I am going to dance around this plot. Now, the year is it is the golden age of Hollywood. It's 1969 in Los Angeles. And you've got this faded sort of beginning to be washed up TV actor Leonardo DiCaprio playing Rick Dalton <laughs> and you'll hear that name a lot Rick Effin Dalton <laughs> <laughs> and he really he's he was uh, huge into westerns uh, huge TV star but the dawning of TV is it's, it is not dawning it is setting and mm. now film and the hippie era and all of that is coming through now his stunt double Cliff Booth is riding this last sort of ride with Rick Dalton. And at this point, Rick Dalton's doing um, guest star appearances. He's no longer headlining his own show, but he's doing more like guest star, playing the bad guy. They call it the heavy. He plays the heavy. Mm -hmm. And you also, on the other side of this Hollywood coin, have Margot Robbie's character, Sharon Tate. Yes, the real Sharon Tate. You know her. She is breaking out in a new career. It's a new look. It's a new film thing. She's married to Roman Pulaski. It is, she is Hollywood's it girl. Everything is happening. Well, what happens when a washed up TV star tries to make sense of this new Hollywood era? The, the setting of his, the dawning of the other, what happens? What is what is the result of that? Do you ebb and flow with the times? That's a question. Do you shift and change? Or do you try to maintain what you have? And usually, as we know history, when you try to do that, you're not going to get very far. Now, enter in another type of hippie. The hippie that we read about and know as a result of Sharon Tate's famous celebrity. We know what happens to her in real life. You enter in this group of women and, and men who are flower children, hippies, dirty hippies as they call it, <laughs> under the guidance of Charles Manson. Yes, the Charles Manson mm -hmm. <laughs> that we're talking about. Now, the question is, how do they weave into this plot? How do they have any effect on things now you're thinking well i know history i know exactly how that happens and you're right you do know history and you know how things happen but i will say this this is quentin tarantino yes so how does that actually play out mm. let's just say violently mm. and then we're gonna go right back to cliff booth the stunt double for rick dalton we've got some questions for him namely what's What's, what's left? 
if you can't be a stunt double? What is it that you're going to do in Hollywood? We see a little bit of that. How do you handle yourself? We see a little bit of that. And we also know that Cliff has a very dark, sketchy history, which makes him very much unemployable in Hollywood without Rick. So that's the gist of it. It's really a love letter, a beautiful homage to the old Hollywood that Quentin grew up in. He was born he was born in in Kentucky but raised in LA. And we'll, we'll you'll see the streets of LA uh, transform into the old streets of old Hollywood. I mean, we know that Quentin Tarantino's a purist, so when you go see it, there's definitely um, where it's being shot is where it is. There's no green screen going on. You get a little bit of the Playboy Mansion and, and all of those wonderful things. Now, I'm dipping into how I feel about this movie, and it is this. I saw it in Hollywood at the famous Arclight Theater in 35 millimeter. No digital for me. And it was really a beautiful experience. All two hours and 41 minutes of it. It was beautiful experience. However, <laughs> I believe it was beautiful because it was Quentin Tarantino. Yeah. Because it was Leonardo DiCaprio. Good gracious. They're back together. Because it was Brad Pitt. They're back together. Because it was Margot Robbie. Because we saw Al Pacino. Because we saw Scoot Bailey. We, we, you know, all these people. It was because of that. Now you take the story, remove it from the person who wrote it and directed it. And it's, you know, you're kind of like, okay. We've seen some of these plot twists before. I'll say that. Mm. Okay. All right. At the end of the day. It's Quentin Tarantino's ninth film. Do you want to see it at home? Or do you want to be in a theater to see it and say that you did? Well, I wanted to be in a theater. I wanted it to be 35 millimeter. I wanted to say I was able to do that. And I was not disappointed. The only thing is, if I do watch it again, at home, <laughs> with my television, without all the hoopla, without all the, the to-do, and knowing full well what happens, will I watch it again? so sure about that mm. well, that gives us a lot to think about and you know after all of those eyes you know what came to me ref i i it is always i <laughs> so <laughs> on that note everybody you have two movies at your disposal on friday august 2nd loose will be available you might have to root around to find it but it'll be there and of course once upon a time in hollywood is open everywhere right now are you going to be in the cool of your abode or the cool of some sort of uh, multiplex? That's up to you. Thanks for listening. For additional resources, visit whywatchthat.com. Good idea, and we'd love to hear from you. So go ahead and leave comments, feedback, and you can rate us on iTunes. We'll see you next week. See you.